0: Welcome to how to sell your stuff on Etsy. I'm so glad you're here. Hey you guys, welcome back to the show this week. Happy 2024. Literally can't believe I'm saying that. I don't know why it keeps going faster. But here we are, and I just hope you had the most amazing Q4 or maybe you're here for the first time and you're just getting started on Etsy and 2024 is going to be your year. But um just really excited to be with you guys and geek out about Etsy it is I'm recording in the middle of the night because it is utter chaos over here <laughs> what else is new right but we've got Lorelai who's on break in her school so she goes to school online she's in like an online homeschool program. And they have like almost three weeks off for Christmas break, um, you know. What is that Christmas song? And mom and dad can hardly wait for school to start again. That is, we've been feeling that way for over a week. That was the most off key thing I've ever sung in my life. But um, you got you you parents know how I feel. You've probably just sent your kids back, and it's like, whew. but it's not like she goes back for real. <laughs> But at least she's occupied for half the day. And then I got the baby. And everyone warned me that boys and girls are really different. Um, Hunter is 14 months now. Man, um, he's awesome. But he just wants to tear into everything all the time. And it's hysterical. And what's really funny in our household is my husband struggles a little more with my daughter because she's like super emo. She's all in her feelings. She's super deep and complicated and all of this stuff. And he's more, he's like just kind of a simple meat and potatoes kind of guy. (laughs) And I'm the emo one. And then like, and then Hunter is harder for, he's easy for my husband because he just like chases after him. He's like, no big deal. And he just listens to his, whatever radio shows while he chases the kid around. And I'm just like, this is going to, it's just hysterical over here. But then the other thing you guys may not know is that we are getting ready to move to our farm. Um, there's all kinds of drama happening with our house right now because the roof has to be replaced because there's a freaking raccoon in our attic and there was a hailstorm And so the roof and I, there's just all kinds of different projects happening. And, um, three quarters of our life is in boxes, but, this perfect like dream farm it's 48 acres in the middle of nowhere an hour outside of san antonio and we are hopefully going to be able to buy this place and move in february or march and if we don't get this one another really great one will come up soon but it's just there's a lot going on over here so um let's see there's so much to tell you like etsy wise um things are going really well over here as you know i kind of pressed pause on the print on demand um late last year because I started falling in love with AI, and I'm running two AI product-generated digital shops, and they are going swimmingly well. I'm putting most of my effort into one um, because it's fascinating and it's really niched down, and I, it's just it's just utterly blowing my mind. And so, but um, I continue to play and learn w- with what's going on with the different AI apps, and because of that. I have another AI workshop coming up that I need to tell you about. Basically, what's happened is I have figured out how to now use AI for print-on-demand with adding text, with using it to create graphics, and then adding your text to it. I have all kinds of things to show you. I've been playing in Midjourney, in Dolly, and in Ideogram, which are three different um, AI platforms that will create graphics and images for us. It is Unbelievably cool! I'm I'm giddy. So um, I'm gonna do the workshop on Wednesday, January 17th, from 6 to 7:30 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you go um, into the show notes, there will be a link to sign up or at least learn more. And you can look at some. I have like examples there of the designs that I've been creating um, for print on demand for like shirts and things like that and mugs. And you've got to at least go take a look at what this can do because it is amazing. Now I will say they're still, they're still trying to catch up with being able to do accurate, um, graphics all the time or not graphics, um, font, but you can literally use these now to even create your own font, like your own font. Like you could create a, f- a font foundry to sell fonts with what you can create. It's just the, trying to get the phrase right They're They're a bit of a struggle fest, but there are ways to make it happen and there are ways to edit in Canva. And the point is It's an absolute riot. So if you're in the print-on-demand space and you've been wondering how you can improve your graphics or simplify how you create them or use things that aren't already used over and over again in Canva and um, Creative Fabrica, you want to be at this workshop, go ahead down to the show notes and get get your seat and we're going to have so much fun. It'll be recorded. There will be tons of extras because you guys know how I am. So in addition to the recorded workshop, I'll have other tutorials and things to help you Um, I'm so excited. For those of you who have no interest in AI whatsoever, please know that I also completely understand you because I'm one of those people who's actually really resistant to change. I like old school. I like... Paper, I like traditional, but I also have learned, um, my parents running their own business forever and ever and myself that if I don't stay on top of what's happening and what's changing, I will go out of business. And so I've taken the attitude with AI, like I'm just going to approach it like a child and be curious and have fun and learn. And, um, but I completely respect and understand if you're like, I want nothing to do with this. I actually think this is a bad thing. I'm, I totally get it. There's an entire half of my identity that totally agrees with you. And, um, For those of you who are maybe new, because it's the beginning of the year, so a ton of new people are looking into Etsy. I actually got my experience on Etsy. I made my hundreds of thousands of dollars in the physical product space. Tried and true. We made wood signs. Um, My husband made them. I painted them. We used primarily reclaimed wood. We also did frame signs. And I love a handmade product, like in my soul. And actually my course, my Etsy course that I sell is specifically geared toward handmade sellers. Can other people benefit 100 million percent, but I'm just not teaching how to connect with the print on demand stores and how to, you know, how to navigate like any of those issues when you're not producing it yourself. It's more like we're also focusing on shipping and things like that and it's not specifically for digital product people because I'm not showing you how to set up a digital product listing. But my course is for handmade sellers and I wanted to mention it because it is currently 50% off. I'm running a New Year's sale. It's usually $597 because it's over 20 hours of content. It goes into everything. It teaches every single secret I know about Etsy and selling and being successful. And right now it's only $297, which is an amazing deal. And I I was just like, how could I make an offer they can't refuse? Like, how could I make this so freaking amazing? In addition to it being 50% off, I am giving you the AI Workshop for mock ups that I did back in November, I'm giving it to you free. So when you enroll using this link at the $297 for the physical product um, uh, Etsy course, you're also getting the AI workshop for mock ups free. So if you're new here, I um, started a mock up shop back in October, and within a month, I had 100 sales creating mock ups for Mid Journey. If you are wondering, a mock up is a, like, if you've ever seen, um, When someone's selling a t-shirt on Etsy, there's a picture of a person wearing the garment and then there's a design on it. Well, in order to not have to buy every single t-shirt that you design, there are things called mock-ups, which is just the photograph of the person in a blank shirt so that then you can use Canva or PicMonkey or Photoshop to put your design on it. You don't have to buy samples of everything. So that's what a mock-up is. The mock-up shop is still doing great. I haven't been putting as much um, effort into it because I've been playing in a whole different area because I want to constantly be able to teach you guys, but I'm still getting daily sales in the mock-up shop. And then the new shop that I have created since then, it's not quite to 100 sales yet, but I think I'm only a month in. It's been, it's been crazy. And I think, you know, for the holidays, I expect people to be more focused on physical products. So that is what's going on sign up for the ai workshop for print on demand if you're a in print on demand and be interested in ai and um if you are not and you are more physical product i just wanted you to know about that deal if you are needing to learn right now and get all your skills sharpened All right guys, if you've been here for a bit, you've probably heard me say that if you want to beat saturation in the biggest Etsy niches, you've got to find a way in by using micro niches. So a micro niche is a smaller niche within a niche. So for example, the mom niche is massive, right? And if you get on Etsy as a new seller and try to sell a mom sweatshirt, you're probably never going to get found or even make a sale because the competition is just too crazy. But if you pare down to a micro niche such as like a NICU mom or catcher mom or doxy mom, now you're on to something. You have a better chance of penetrating the market because there's still some demand. People are searching for those phrases, but there aren't as many sellers trying to compete in those micro niches. So how do you find them? How do you, how do you go about finding a micro niche? One main way that I find them is by using sales samurai, which is a third party tool that gives me SEO clues like big time. And you can see my YouTube tutorial um, to try it. There's like a three day free trial in the um, that's available in the show notes link if you like, look at the, look at the video, get the trial, get the discount code, but I've also created for you a free list. I've done the research for you, and it's a list of a hundred keywords in various micro niches that all have demand without crazy competition. And you can snag that also in the show notes if you want to get a sneak peek at what the data looks like and how uh, where you can find some areas of opportunity that I have found in my constant SEO research. I hope it helps, and more importantly, I hope it inspires you to hunt for the micro niches because that is your ticket to crazy success on Etsy. <music> But today we are going to talk about 10 things that you can do here in 2024 to get your Etsy shop making sales to the next level, um, growing, competing. I, I just want you to know if you are looking into this for the first time that I talk to Etsy sellers every single day and there are still new people who are starting today just like you who started just a month ago and they are making sales and they're able to make it work. So there are some things to avoid like like using trademarked um, brands and items and trying to sell them in your shop and trying to copy other people um, and not really doing your homework first, but there is still tons of opportunity on Etsy. So let's talk through some of these suggestions I have for how you can grow your shop this year. The number one suggestion and tip that I have for you is to research demand. So what is demand? Demand is simply that people are looking for your product on Etsy. There's a couple different facets to this. So um, a lot of times a creative person, a maker, will just do something as a hobby. There's something that they really like to make. And people in their life say, this is gorgeous. This is awesome. You should sell it. And just because of that or because they love it and think it's fun and, oh, I could make a a side hustle out of this, they go and they try to sell it on a platform like Etsy. And sometimes it just doesn't sell and they can't figure out why. And the thing about Etsy is that it is a search engine. So when people are wanting to buy something on Etsy, like just because you've made it doesn't mean they're searching for it. And if we wanna be successful on this platform, we have to be paying attention to what is in demand. What do the buyers want? What are they actively searching for? Some of the ways that you can learn this is you can study the best sellers. You can just kind of go through on Etsy.com and use that as a tool and find the best sellers and look in the different niches and see what is really selling well. Typically the first one to three pages of search results are really good examples of what's gonna sell. Another thing you can do is you can get a third party tool like Everbee or Sale Samurai. I have little tutorials for them. Um Everbee you can get a free account and Sale Samurai has a free um a 3-day free trial where you can at least play with these things, but they can help you find pockets of demand. But the point is is that you only want to try selling things on Etsy that people are searching for. That's the first part of it. There's the other side of the coin which is People could be searching for it. It could be something in really high demand, but it's also so competitive, meaning there are thousands, if not tens of thousands of people already providing that product that you actually can't compete because you're new to the scene. And so your new shop, your listings are going to show up so many pages back in the search results that no one's ever going to find them. So there's this sweet spot that you need to find in demand where it's something that people are searching for and want, but it's not so busy or we use the word saturated that there's way more competition than there even is business. So that is the first thing. And I will tell you, you can I teach this in depth, like exactly how to do this in my course, but you don't need to spend money to learn this. You just can go play on Etsy.com and start studying the bestsellers, start studying the niches that you're interested in and you can figure out what's in demand there. And one secret to figuring out like what the competition is, um, I can't, you can't just go to Etsy and see how many searches there are per month for something to find that demand you need, Sales Samurai or Everbee to give you that data, but you can see how many competing listings there are. Like right under the search, when you do a search, right under the search bar, there will be a little number in the upper right hand corner of your screen and it's gonna tell you how many competing listings there are. And that's really helpful information. So. I hope that helps. The first thing you need to do is research demand. And the more you spend, um, more time you spend understanding demand, the more sales you're gonna make and the better chance you have of hitting your goals for Etsy. The second suggestion that I have for you is to cons- consistently add new listings. So you may have heard the word algorithm before, we hear it in social media. We hear, oh, the algorithm is against me. We hear it on Google. We hear it on Etsy. All an algorithm is, is it's a very complex equation that the platform uses to decide what they're going to show someone who's on it. So if you're on TikTok, the algorithm is going to decide based on your, your past behavior It's going to decide what videos it should show you on your For You page. On Etsy, it's going to show a shopper. Um, They're going to put something in the search box. And based on their past behavior and what they've searched and what other customers have really liked, the algorithm is going to decide what listings they should show them in what order. And one of the ways that you can make the algorithm really like you and your shop is to consistently add new listings. So when I do... um, shop reviews or I do one-on-one coaching. One of the biggest things that I see the most often is that people have put up their, you know, 10 flagship products and then they're kind of just like, here we go. Like and and it's not remotely enough activity to even get Etsy going, let alone start start really making some money. Now, if they are sending traffic from off of Etsy themselves because they're already have a big following somewhere else in social media um or they're doing some things so high demand that's, that no one else is doing on Etsy. There, sometimes a small shop with only a few listings can blow up that way. But typically, especially in the print-on-demand and digital product spaces, you have to have quite a few listings and you need to consistently add them. So even in my sign shop, I would periodically, I'd say once a month, because that was a big, heavy, expensive handmade good, I would add new products, the shop. And that activity helped to feed it. Um, Something that you can do that will help if you're just like, Lizzie, I can't just go invent new products every day or every week. In my digital product shops, I'm adding new listings every day. When I'm actively working on building a shop, I'm adding them every day. And I see a direct correlation between I am adding listings every day with good pictures and good SEO. And um, I, I see the sales go up the more that I'm consistent. It's kind of crazy like sometimes I sit there you guys and I launch a new shop and I sit there and I'm just like oh is this gonna work or I launch a new product and I, is this gonna work and I doubt myself even after after like so many years of success and it's because you know algorithms change and things change but every single time it works if I just follow through with the consistency so I was gonna say um One thing you can do if you don't want to constantly make a new product is you can create an additional listing for a product you already offer. So you can copy a listing that you already have, maybe put a new photo in the front. We're actually going to talk about that in a little bit here. Um, A new thumbnail that just shows it differently. You can use the same thumbnail, but change up your SEO. Maybe like you've positioned your product, um, you know, maybe you sell to dog lovers. And you have, you know, all your SEO set up for like the breed of dog and dog lover, this and that, but then you can copy it and you can reposition it. And it's all about gifts. So like, you know, gift for Christmas gift for dog lover, birthday gift for, you know what I'm saying? And you're, and now it's a whole separate listing that's just specifically geared toward gifting. And, um, that's one way that you can help add new listings and feed the algorithm without having to create a new product every single time. But when you can, it's great. Number three is going to be to maximize your SEO. So SEO is search engine optimization. Um, We talked already about how Etsy is a search engine. So the way that people interface with it, nine times out of 10, they are just coming to Etsy.com or they're going to the app and they're typing what they want in the search bar. They're not clicking over from an outside link most of the time. Sometimes they are, but most of the time. And what you want is for when they're typing their thing, the perfect customer for you, when they're typing their thing in the search bar, it's exactly what you've got on your listing. In your title, in your product title, in your product description, and in your tags. You, you want your words there to match what the perfect customer searches for. I. Um, uh, I will often see that there's descriptions do not have the, um, SEO in there. What I often, what I suggest that's the easiest thing to do is just to copy your title and put it in the bottom of the description. It doesn't matter where in the description it shows up in that way. It's not affecting the, um, shopper at all. Etsy suggests just for the shopper experience, they like, like maybe the opening paragraph of your description to not be like a list of words, but to just integrate your key, um, title words into your key SEO, into the description there. I think you can do that a little bit, but I think it doesn't, it also doesn't hurt to just paste it in the bottom. That's typically what I'll do. And then um, your tags as well. It's really a good idea to make sure that there are the same kinds of words in all three. So what you're trying to do with your title descriptions and tags is make sure that Etsy is crystal clear And what your listing is about and exactly what you are selling. And when there is a matchup of what you're saying in your title, description, and tags, that strengthens the listing for that particular thing. And then you'll have extra space in your tags to add some additional um, keywords as well. I suggest being as specific as you can. So if you're selling a, let's say you've designed a t-shirt for um, homeschool moms you will not make any progress using in your title, your tags, your description, "women's t-shirt." That is extremely broad, and n- you're not going to be able to compete with the millions of listings that are already selling to a women's t-shirt. Instead, you want to be really specific, like um, like perhaps it's like a Christian homeschool mom gift or shirt, um, shirt f- mom's shirt for uh, homeschool co-op. So you see how I'm getting really specific and that's called a long tail keyword as opposed to just being like women's t-shirt. I'm getting very specific. I have a better chance of actually ranking for those words on the Etsy algorithm and I'm going to actually get in front of the real person because you know what the, um, by Bi- biology teacher at the local public high school doesn't want my, ho- my, they might be a woman who's looking for a t-shirt, but they don't want my homeschool mom t-shirt for co-ops. <laughs> Do You see what I'm saying? So you want to get really specific. Maximize your SEO. Make sure you use every character space that you can. I often see that people like won't put all of uh, everything in their tags, like fill, like use all your tags, use up your title space. Um, I like for the customer experience to either separate my long tail my keywords phrases with like a comma or I really like the straight up and down line um, that's on your keyboard for me it's like right underneath my backspace key there's like a slanted line and there's an up and down line I like the straight up and down one I think it's neat um, neat and tidy but a lot of people like the comma because you don't have to have an extra character space if that makes sense so like You do your phrase comma and then one space and you can start the next phrase as opposed to with mine with the line. I have my phrase ends. I have a space. Then I have the straight up and down line, another space, and then my next keyword begins. So it's up to you. I find it works fine and I like the aesthetic. So um, that is really, really important. Don't be too, don't be extra broad in your keywords. Make sure you're maximizing your space and make sure that they match up your titles, descriptions, and tags. Number four is going to be to level up your product photos and or test alternates. So if you know when you look at your shop or anyone else, does, you kind of go, oh, I know these pictures could be better. They should be better. I'm going to tell you that in 2024, you need to level that game up. And if you feel that in your gut... I suggest you go in and change it now and update it, refresh it, get some better photos, take, go on YouTube and just take a, like, look at, watch a free product photography video and see what you can learn about using natural light, making sure there's not shadows. Um, some things that can help. First of all, uh, in the, what am I trying to say? In the um, feed, when you, when you, in your, in the search results, when someone searched for a product, For some reason, I I haven't been able to figure out why yet because I like dark colors. For some reason, the products on a white background do the best. Now, I'm not saying don't have, like, anything. I'm not saying, like, because I have seen some people where they're print-on-demand and they'll just go get the shirt from the Printify listing and they'll pull the background off and just put the shirt on white. I'm not saying to do that because that looks unfinished, unprofessional, but the more you can have lightness in your background, as opposed to a really dark, there's something about it. When you, I've tried this, when you scan the search results, your eyes pass over the dark ones. I'm actually learning this in one of my digital shops right now because I was using a dark thing, and I'm started. I started using a lighter background, and I'm noticing a difference on those listings. Um, so the more that you can have it on a light background, whether you get maybe like a faux wood. Like a shiplap wood, white painted thing or any any way you can lighten the background, that is going to be key. Um, if you are not sure how to position your products to make them look their best, look at best sellers in your niche. You can even go off of Etsy, you know, look on other websites, look on, um, you know, if you sell home goods, maybe go look at Magnolia, Chip and Joanna Gaines' company and see how they position them. Like how do they set a vase up to take pictures of it? If you um, sell T-shirts, there are so many best-selling T-shirts on Etsy. Go look and see, like what kinds of poses work really well for their for their models. Um, what you know, what kind of what kind of like lighting and background are they using when they're selling a knitted hat? You know, again, you're gonna probably see it on a white on a very white kind of background. So that is one suggestion. If you have a listing that's doing great, like you have a bestseller badge, you're getting a ton of sales on it, do not refresh anything about it. Never change a listing that's performing well. What you do instead is you're going to click copy and then you're going to have a duplicate of that listing and then you can test a new photo there or you can test new SEO there. Never mess with a listing that is working. But um, even when I had in my sign shop for example when i had best sellers um, i would still create additional listings with different photos and they would sell to a completely different type of person so just changing up that setting of your of your photograph of your of your product photo can be huge um so testing alternatives and making sure that you just like upgrade your your shots um, one tip is you really want natural light. So dawn or dusk are often the best times if you're going to use, you can get right in front of a window. You want indirect, but bright light. So no shadows, which is why the dusk or dawn helps you to not have the glare from the sun. So hopefully that helps, but I cannot stress enough. Fo- photos are everything on Etsy. You you have to have the best possible photos that you can get. So it's worth it to take the time. Don't feel like you've got to refresh your entire shop at one, you know, look at the, look at the, the products that that really need the most help and maybe start by refreshing those, like just one thing at a time. Number five, tip number five is, and I'm speaking to myself here, is to focus. So a lot of times, um, you might be like me. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I get excited and distracted by every squirrel that goes past, especially if it's a YouTube video with the words like new affiliate marketing, new AI you know, opportunities. And I don't go do a bunch of, like I've been in the game long enough to kind of know smart places to go. But if I can suggest anything to you, if you've got three Etsy shops, but none of them are performing the way that you want them to yet, or you're trying to do, you know, four different businesses and you always feel like, man, I know I can do this. Why isn't it working? I'm recommending this year that you focus, whether it's Etsy or something else, choose one thing. You 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 don't have to say no forever. Just set them to the side for a minute and give something all of your energy and feedback or energy and, um, and effort. And if you're someone who gets bored really easily and you need to pop over to another project every once in a while for an hour or two, that's fine. But I want you to have like a poster on the wall in front of you that says the one thing and to go back to it because otherwise in another year, you're going to be listening to me do this again. And it's going to be, yeah, I never got focused. So I really want to encourage you pick the one thing and be consistent. Stop trying to do five projects at once and just preaching to myself over here a little bit as well. Um, Number six is going to be to share your listings on Pinterest. So this is so easy and free. Most of us have a Pinterest account anyway. There is no reason not to do it. You don't have to go create fancy pins. If you do, great, because the automatic size of the listing photo is not ideal for the dimensions that work on Pinterest. But It's better than doing nothing. Please, please grab your links from your shop and go post them on Pinterest. Um, Pinterest is also a search engine. So if you have good SEO on your titles, descriptions and tags, it's going to carry right over when you copy in the link and voila, you could get additional traffic that way. This is a great place for me to plug Etsy's new um, share and save program that they have. So um, traditionally... Etsy sellers have been kind of frustrated about the transaction fee on Etsy that they take too big of a piece of the pie. I personally, as someone who's run my own websites before and had to pay for all of the things, to me, the six and a half percent Etsy transaction fee is nothing. Like what they're giving me in terms of traffic and paying sales tax and all of the infrastructure, it's literally a dream. i That's just my personal opinion, but I respect there's there, there's varying opinions. Um, what they have done, though, that because a lot of folks have been frustrated, is they've created this program where when you share a link for your shop or you share a link to a listing uh, or a link to a section, any link within your shop, you share it somewhere else, like social media, Pinterest, on a website, that they will um, – you can save 4% on the 6.5% transaction fee. And when I say save, they actually refund it back to you. You don't save it when the purchase happens, it's something that's like corrected on the back end by Etsy, but it's kind of their way of being like, yeah, you know what? If you drive traffic to our platform, we're going to give you back 4% of the transaction fee. And I think that's pretty awesome. Something I just discovered, which kind of surprised me is you actually have to opt into this program. So you can't just go to your shop, grab a link. I was like wondering why I wasn't getting the credits back. And then I was like, Oh, I'm not opted in. Um, so you can't just go grab a link and go do it, and then it's automatically going to happen. I'm putting the link in the show notes. There's this, you've got to like click the link, and then you've got to click, yes, I want to go into this program, and then it activates. So um, I'm sorry that I did not tell you guys that before when this first came out. I did not know. It was not obvious. It just, it it was not clearly spelled out, uh, or uh, your girl with her ADHD brain missed it. So I apologize for that. But opt in now, make sure and do that, and then you can share your links. So Pinterest, it's just an easy win. There's no reason not to. It's not like you've got to go build an Instagram following or figure out TikTok or whatever. I mean, some of those things can be amazing as well, or like Facebook groups. But Pinterest is easy. You don't have to show your face. You don't have to do anything. Just grab your links, go and share. You'll even save on the transaction fee. Okay if you guys have been listening to me for more than 20 minutes, you've probably heard me talk about the three most important components of a successful Etsy shop. So number one, a product that people are actually searching for and buying right now. Number two, beautiful product photos that stand out in the search results. And number three, your SEO or keywords, which really simply just means your Etsy listings need to include the exact same phrases that your shoppers are searching for up there in that Etsy search bar. In fact, even if shoppers are buying your product like gangbusters from other shops and your pictures are like the quality to be on the cover of a magazine, if you don't have your SEO nailed and those perfect word phrases all throughout your Etsy listings, shoppers will literally never find you. So wait, wait, wait. Don't feel discouraged. I've got you. I want to let you in on my secret weapon for SEO on Etsy. It's a website called Sale Samurai that mines all of Etsy's shop and listing data so that you don't have to. Thank you. (laughs) You can find out what keyword phrases are searched the most for every single niche and how many listings are using them so that you can understand how steep the competition is. That is so helpful. So within the program, you're able to see details like hundreds of other keywords you can use, what shops and listings are performing the best in your space, what the pricing competition looks like, and so much more. It's literally literally a goldmine of information that will help you compete in the search results. So if you would like to get a sneak peek of exactly what Sales Samurai can do, why I love it so much, what makes it so powerful, I created a YouTube video that will give you that overview. So check that out. It will be linked in the podcast show notes for you. And so Sales Samurai is a very reasonable monthly membership that you're going to want to maintain because you're going to do this research constantly in your Etsy shop. And they have very generously given me a 20% off for life coupon code just for you guys. So you get to start with a free trial, but go through my link so that they'll give you that lower rate for as long as you stick with the service. We all need to save a few bucks here and there. So the code is how to sell your stuff. There's no spaces between the words and it's all lowercase. But of course I will just link their site, the discount code, and that YouTube mini tutorial for you. All down in the show notes. <laughs> I'm so excited for you guys to get your hands on this one. I'm obsessed with it. I literally use it every day. I use it with my clients. We help help them get the edge, and I just know how much it can help you with that SEO game. So I definitely encourage you to give it a try. Number seven is I want to encourage you to get feedback on your shop and on your listings. So um, I know a lot of us and I understand why are like very private about um, our businesses. We don't even necessarily tell people we're doing it. So, I mean, if you're not talking to your family or friends about your shop because you know they're not going to be encouraging or supportive or whatever, that is fine. You know, we we have other ways. Like I have a uh, Facebook group that you are welcome to join, the How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy um, Facebook group. It's like a um, no negativity because I hate how – like if you go ask in the other – Facebook groups for feedback. You'll get some helpful feedback, but you'll also people will be mean and I have no patience for that whatsoever. So our space is really nice and friendly and you can get feedback on your shop. The reason you need to do this is because we it happens to me all the time too. We get too close to the project, okay? Like you've designed it, you created it. It looks amazing to you. Actually, do you ever do this? Um I'll create a graphic sometimes and then I'll like go away for 20, 30 minutes or even an hour or two. And come back and look at it and be like, oh, my gosh, I thought this was attractive. Like, what? So sometimes that can help, too, just to give yourself a fresh look at it. But if you can get someone else to look and be like, they're just going to point out things that did not jump out to you, that you haven't noticed. And it's extremely helpful. Um, I will tell you, so, and I want to address this for people who are like, well, Lizzie, you said, because it, you have to be careful. Like, for example, one of those massive Facebook groups, if you share and then, Literally, a couple hundred people go into your shop to look and give you feedback, but nobody is buying or favoriting anything because they're not actually your ideal customer. They're just other Etsy sellers that are either like looking for ideas to steal, or they're genuinely wanting to help you, or they're just curious, and it tanks your conversion rate. Because what Etsy's algorithm is watching is when people go to your shop, Are they interested? Are they interacting with it? Are they at least favoriting items? Are they spending some time, you know, or are they purchasing? And you don't want a ton of people going and looking at your shop and not purchasing or favoriting because that can hurt you in the algorithm. Um, Etsy then realizes, oh, when people go to the shop, they're not actually interested in buying. These products must not be very good. And so then they stop sending traffic there and you wind up further back in the search results. So, Um, if you do that, do it in a smaller group like ours, where also people will be very nice. Or if you can have, you know, friends or family take a look, that's fine. Or you can hire a coach like me and we can go through it. And then you don't have a bunch of people hitting your numbers, like kind of affecting your, um, conversion rate there. So lots of different ways to do it. But I really encourage you to have someone look because they're going to notice things you don't, they're going to come They'll be like, Oh, I, you know, I'm not sure about this or Hey, this, I had, um, someone with one of my photos once be like oh are you selling are you selling the sign or are you selling the wreath and it's just something you don't even think about cuz you're like of course i'm selling the sign but it's not necessarily obvious to the other person so it's a great thing to get that feedback and it'll help you number 8 is one of my favorite little secrets and things that i like to teach and i like to do and it is to study competitor reviews so we've heard a lot of times, uh, at least here on this podcast, to study the bestsellers because you're going to get all kinds of ideas about what to do with your photography. You're going to get ideas for your SEO. You're going to see, oh, this is what I should have in my listing description, all that kind of thing. And that is wonderful. And I encourage it. And if you're hearing it for the first time, you're welcome because studying the bestsellers will teach you everything. You basically get to see what a best-selling listing looks like so that you can go create one. Not to Copy them or copy their product, but to see how it needs to be set up is gold. But if you study the reviews, you can actually go to a whole different Level like you can find out what they loved, you can find out what they hated, you can find out how they used the product because sometimes you could be selling your product and thinking, Oh, it's going to be used for this, but people are buying it and using it for a whole different, a whole different application, a whole different reason. And you can then learn how to, you can learn a whole new set of SEO you can be adding to your products because you've just seen how other people use it, and um, you can learn you know, what kinds of things um, they were really critical about. You can f- you can just learn everything from reading the reviews because that feedback from customers is golden. And then you can go and you'll actually know, too, like if, let's say, on uh, you see someone's reviews and everyone's complaining about the size of something, then if you're creating something similar, you can figure out from the reviews, oh, wow, I need to show this to scale better. I need to make sure there is some kind of prop or something in one of the images to show the measurement so that... I don't have this problem because this seller is getting all these complaints because they just have it in their listing description. I could actually put it in my photo gallery and not have all these complaints because we know people go through the photos. So that is one of my favorite tips. I highly recommend it. And um, it can just really set you on a whole different level as as you're getting ready to grow your shop. Number nine is to spend the time to create your FAQ section within your Etsy shop. Make sure that the things that people... Uh, it, it's so annoying. Like, it's just one of those things that can be kind of cumbersome. Like if you're not, if you don't love details like me, it's not the most fun thing to do, but it can really save you like in terms of, um, in the busy season, getting a million DMS or getting complaints because people couldn't get their, didn't get their question answered or having people skip over your shop entirely because they couldn't find the answer to their question. So they just went on to the next shop who had it. So make sure you do that. Also make sure for individual listings that you have the things that come up often within your descriptions, within your actual product descriptions and in your photo galleries. So when um, people get a lot of bad reviews because things don't come the way that they were expected, I can tell you like nine times out of 10, like sometimes, yeah, we just have a customer who's difficult and who complains about everything and is just never gonna be happy and or just didn't look at all. But I will tell you, most customers do not go through the product descriptions. Like only the really detailed, amazing type A people will go read the description. I actually saw one today. (laughs) I don't even remember what I was looking at. I saw a product description and at the very bottom, oh, you know what, though? It was actually a YouTube description, but it's the same concept. And at the very bottom, it says, whoa, nobody reads this far (laughs) into the description. And I was like, well, that's me. What are you going to do? Um. When I need the answer to something, I will go to the ends of the earth to find it. But the point is that you can put, you can put, like important FAQ type of things for your for your listings within the description. But even more importantly, put them in the in the photo gallery, because shoppers shop with their eyes. They scan through the photo gallery. They look at the price. They look at the turnaround time. They look at the shipping. They probably don't look at the listing description, so save yourself some pain there. Things that are really important tend to be anything about shipping or delivery. Like, um, if there's, you know, if you're always like a two to three week turnaround time, you know, you might want to put that in the in the in the photo gallery on a graphic. If you if it's a digital download. You want to make sure they know that nothing is being mailed to them, and that needs to go on a graphic in the photo gallery. Also, of course, in the product description, things about sizing. Don't just put it in the in the description. Put it in the photo gallery. On um, you know, you've got ten images to fill, and if you don't, I don't know if you've seen this on like the app, but um, if you if you scroll through someone's photos and they don't have all ten, when you get to the last one, their Etsy is suggesting other shops and listings, and other keywords for them to search. So don't give up that space like without a fight. Okay. Um, you want to use up as many of those as you can, and you can do it by showing different angles of your product, different applications of it, you know, showing, uh, giving an- answers to questions like for all forever, like on anything, the sizing is going to be the most important. Make sure that you have that. Also, it's a great idea if you offer variations like different colors, different sizes, things like that. You want to show that in the gallery as well. Don't make them have to guess. That's just always going to ask for trouble show those on images. Um, number 10 is going to be to start. So, um, I, this is mostly what happens like on Instagram in the DMS or on TikTok in the comments. And so many times people are like, ah, this is going to be my year. I am going to start an Etsy shop. I'm so excited. I'm going to start this side hustle. And they research forever. They plan their packaging. They plan, they do all, they do all their branding. They do all these things, but they don't actually start. And I just, if if that is you, this is your message from heaven, fr- from the universe, if that is your preference, this is your message from your girl, Lizzie, telling you, you need to just start. Done is better than perfect. And um, in the beginning, unless you have a background in e-commerce or design or something like that, you're going to suck. Like your listings are going to be missing things. Your photos aren't going to be great. You're not going to have it all figured out. Just, this is why when you open an Etsy shop, they actually make you set up a listing before you can open your shop. And I'm always putting a place card graphic or something in there, right? And not actually really setting up a listing, but they know if they can get you through that process, you're much more likely to move forward with your business. So allow yourself to not be perfect. None of us were. You should see my pictures in the beginning. Um, I was working with a coach at the time. I was on a call with like, I don't know, thousands of people. And I raised my hand for a review because I so desperately needed feedback. And she's looking at some of my pictures and she's like, wow, you're... And it, she was talking about this different personality. Um, I can't even remember what it's called now, but she's like, oh, you're a quick start. And you just like throw stuff up and get moving. You don't let anything get in your way. And she's like, this just looks like a... Like a your sign's just leaning against a, a dead tree stump. <laughs> and I thought I had like done a really cute nature staging kind of a scenario. And um, it was fine. I totally laughed it off. It did not crush me um, as it could have. But the point is like... We all stink in the beginning. And then by the end of it, my photos were incredible and people wanted to buy them as mock-ups for their sign shops. So you, you get better as you go. You just got to let yourself get a little better every single day. You can always grow. You can always learn more. You can always go back and tweak. And there we have it. Somehow we have done it. I feel it, it felt fast, but I don't know, more than 40 minutes has definitely passed when we got through all 10. So I hope that you've gotten some good ideas to move forward, whether you're just starting out for the first time. And I'm so excited for you. Like stick with us, binge this podcast, go through all my free stuff. Like I'm so excited for you. It's going to be an amazing ride and I believe in you. And if you are restarting again this year, I just want you to know that Etsy is still an amazing platform. Um, I am delighted every single month by the stories I get from listeners and students and coaching clients and, and new successes that are happening. Um, I think it's really inspiring to hear of these new shops that are doing really well and totally busting the myth that it's only the OGs who make any money, not at all. Like I feel like Etsy just keeps getting bigger. Um, In terms of more shoppers and more shops, and and lots of people are going off to other places because there are other uh, options now. I'm actually hoping to do a series on that in a couple of months. Like we've got the handmade by Michaels and TikTok shop and Teamu, and just um, there's one called Public Square, which is more like specifically for people with like a conservative uh, political stance, like. If that's your thing, you should go check out Public Square. Um, Super interesting how we're getting these other really niche options for being able to sell our stuff. So we'll hopefully talk about that more, but I think it's opening up space and opportunity on Etsy, which is lovely. Just don't violate trademarks. You should be, you should be in good shape. So I hope this has been super helpful. I'm really excited to see some of you on the inside of the course and you'll be able to join the private member Facebook group and we can hang out there. Um, super, super looking forward to the AI print on demand workshop in a couple of weeks. Oh, I can't wait to show you what I'm learning. Like I I partly do this just because I need someone to talk to about it. (laughs) And then, um, Everyone, everyone is welcome to join the No Negativity Facebook group that is totally free and public and we make sure that people stay nice or they get booted out. And I'm really excited for you. 2024 is going to be amazing. I'm going to be here for you on the ride and we are going to do this together because I need my Etsy people. I need you in my life because nobody else wants to hear me talk about this. <laughs> so have an amazing week. Until next time, go make something awesome. Bye, guys. And that's a wrap on this episode of how to sell your stuff on Etsy. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. If you're looking for more resources, head on over to howtosellyourstuff.com where you'll find podcast show notes, all the links from today's episode, the blog, courses, coaching, and more. If this episode was helpful to you, awesome. The greatest compliment I can receive from you is a rate, review, and subscribe on this podcast. Not only will it allow us to connect again on a future episode, it lets me know I'm providing you with value and helps other people find this content more easily. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for your support. Have a great day and see you next time.